You're listening to Harper Audio Presents, a podcast that brings you conversation and inspiration from your favorite authors, editors, and creators, giving you new perspectives on the world of books, culture, and the arts. We are part of the HarperCollins Presents Network of Podcasts. I'm Anna Maria Alessi. One of the true joys of working on this podcast is being able to share recordings from our Cadman imprint, and in particular, authors reading their own works. Some of you Cadman fans may wonder, and some of you may call me up and demand an explanation, why we've not released more of these amazing recordings. Well, here's the challenge. Whenever we sell something, we have to be completely buttoned up in terms of all underlying rights, audio rights for both the work and the narration, and chasing down rights holders is a tremendously time-consuming pursuit full of twists and turns and too many dead ends to count. So that is why, usually, you will find only a sampling of our archive available in digital audio or CD. However, in 2013, we did release on CD and digital audio an unabridged recording of Anthony Burge's A Clockwork Orange, read by Tom Hollander, and with it, a recording of the author reading three chapters. Today, I'm quite happy to share with you Anthony Burge's reading chapter one of A Clockwork Orange. I think this is one of the best author reads I've heard in my 15 years at Harper Audio, so I'm sure you will enjoy it. Here now is Chapter 1 of A Clockwork Orange, read by the author, Anthony Burgess. What's it going to be then, eh? There was me, that is Alex, and my three droogs, that is Pete, Georgie and Dim. Dim being really dim. And we sat in the Corova milk bar, making up our rassadox what to do with the evening. A flip, dark, chill winter bastard, though dry. The Corova milk bar... It was a milk plus mesto, and your mate or my brothers have forgotten what these mestos were like. Things changing so scorry these days, and nobody uh, very quick to remember. Newspapers not being read much neither. Well, what they sold there was milk plus something else. They had no license for selling liquor, but there was no law yet against prodding some of the new vestiges which they used to put into the old Moloko. So you could peat it with Velocet or Synthimesk or Drencrom or one or two other vestiges which would give you a nice, quiet, horror show 15 minutes, admiring Bog and all his holy angels and saints in your left shoe, with lights bursting all over your mosque. Or you could peat milk with knives in it, as we used to say, and this would sharpen you up and make you ready for a bit of dirty 20 to 1. And that was what we were peating this evening I'm starting off the story with. Our pockets were full of deng, so there was no real need, from the point of view of crasting any more pretty Polly, to tolchock some old veck in an alley and vidy him swim in his blood while we counted the takings and divided by four, nor to do the ultraviolet on some shivering, starry, grey-haired pizza in a shop and go smecking off with the till's guts. But, as they say, money isn't everything. The four of us were dressed in the height of fashion, which in those days was a pair of black, very tight tights with the old jelly mould, as we called it, fitting on the crotch underneath the tights. This bid to protect, and also a sort of a design you could very clear enough in a certain light, so that I had one in the shape of a spider. Uh, Pete had a, a rooker, uh, and that is. Georgie had a very fancy one of a flower, and poor old Dim had a very hound and horny one of a clown's litso, a face, that is. 
dim, not ever having much of an idea of things, and being beyond all shadow of a doubt in Thomas, the dimmest of we four. Then we wore wasty jackets without lapels, but with these very big built-up shoulders, plechos we called them, which were a kind of a mockery of having real shoulders like that. Then, my brothers, we had these off-white cravats which looked like whipped-up cartoffel or spud, with a sort of a design made on it with a fork. We wore our hair not too long, and we had flip horror show boots for kicking. What's it going to be then, eh? There were three Devotchkas sitting at the counter altogether, but there were four of us Malchicks, and it was usually like uh, one for all and all for one. These sharps were dressed in the height of fashion too, with purple and green and orange wigs on their gullivers, each one not costing less than three or four weeks of those sharps' wages, I should reckon, and make-up to match, rainbows round the glasses, that is, and the rot painted very wide. Then they had long black, very straight dresses, and on the groody part of them, they had little badges of light silver with different Malchick's names on them, Joe and Mike and such like. These were supposed to be the names of the different Malchick's they'd spatted with before they were 14. They kept looking our way, and I nearly felt like saying the three of us, out of the corner of my rock, that is, should go off for a bit of pull and leave poor old Dim behind, because it would be just a matter of coupetting Dim a demi-litre of white, but this time with a dollop of synthimesk in it. But that wouldn't really have been plain like the game. Dim was very, very ugly, and like his name, but he was a horror show filthy fighter and very handy with the boots. What's it going to be then, eh? The Chelovyek sitting next to me, there being this long, big, plushy seat that ran round three walls, was well away with his glazes glazed and sort of burbling slovos like Aristotle, wishy-washy, worked outing, sicklemen get forficulate smartish. He was in the land, all right, well away, in orbit. And I knew what it was like, having tried it like everybody else had done. But at this time, I'd got to thinking it was a cowardly sort of a vesture for my brothers. You'd lay there after you'd drunk the old Molico, and then you'd get the messel that everything all around you was sort of in the past. You could video it all right, all of it, very clear. Tables, the stereo, the lights, the sharps and the malchicks. But it was like some vesture that used to be there, but was not there not no more. And you were sort of hypnotised by your boot or shoe or a fingernail, as it might be. And at the same time, you were sort of picked up by the old scruff and shook like you might be a cat. You got shook and shook till there was nothing left. You lost your name and your body and yourself and you just didn't care. And you waited till your boot or your fingernail got yellow, then yellower and yellower all the time. Then the light started cracking like atomics and the boot or fingernail or, as it might be, a, a bit of dirt on your trouser bottom turned into a big, big, big mess door, bigger than the whole world. And you were just going to get introduced to old Bog or God when it was all over. You came back to here and now, whimpering, sort of, with your rot all squared up for a boo-hoo-hoo. Now, that's very nice, but very cowardly. You were not put on this earth just to get in touch with God. That sort of thing could sap all the strength and the goodness out of a Chilovyek. What's it going to be, then, eh? The stereo was on, and you got the idea that the singer's goloss was moving from one part of the bar to another, flying up to the ceiling and then swooping down again and whizzing from wall to wall. It was Bertie Lasky rasping a real starry oldie called You Blister My Paint. One of the three petitsas at the counter, the one with the green wig, kept pushing her belly out and pulling it in in time to what they call the music. 
I could feel the knives in the old Moloko starting to prick, and now I was ready for a bit of twenty to one. So I yelped, out, 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 like a doggy. And then I cracked this Vec who was sitting next to me and well away and burbling, a horror show crack on the Uko warrior roll. But he didn't feel it and went on with his telephonic hardware and when the far, far Kulul gets rub-a-dub-dub, he'd feel it all right when he came to, out of the land. Where out, said Georgie. Oh, just to keep walking, I said, and Viddy what turns up, oh, my little brothers. So we scattered out into the big winter notchy and walked down Marganita Boulevard and then turned into Boothby Avenue, and there we found what we were pretty well looking for, a Malenki jest to start off the evening with. There was a, a doddery, starry, schoolmaster-type Vec, glasses on and his rot open to the cold, notchy air. He had books under his arm and a crappy umbrella and was coming round the corner from the public biblio, which not many ludies used those days, you never really saw many of the older bourgeois type out after nightfall those days, what with a shortage of police and we fine young malchikiwicks about. And this prof type Cholovyek was the only one walking in the old of the street. So we gooled up to him, very polite, and I said, Pardon me, brother. He looked a malenky bit poorly when he vidded the four of us like that, coming up so quiet and polite and smiling, but he said, Yes, what is it? in a very loud teacher-type goloss, as if he was trying to show us he wasn't poogly. I said, I see you have books under your arm, brother. It is indeed a rare pleasure these days to come across somebody that still reads, brother. Oh, he said, all shaky. Is it? Oh, I see. And he kept looking from one to the other of we four, finding himself now like in the middle of a, a very smiling and polite square. Yes, I said, it would interest me greatly, brother, if you would kindly allow me to see what books those are that you have under your arm. I like nothing better in this world than a good clean book, brother. Clean, he said. Clean, eh? And then Pete squatted those three books from him and handed them round real scorry. Being three, we all had one each to vidy at, except for Dim. The one I had was called Elementary Crystallography. So I opened it up and said, Excellent, really, first class. Keeping turning the pages. Then I said, in a very shocked-type goloss, But what is this here? What is this filthy slovo? I blush to look at this word. You disappoint me, brother, you do, really. But, he cried, but, but. Now, said Georgie, here is what I should call real dirt. There's one slovo beginning with an F and another with a C. He had a book called The Miracle of the Snowflake. Oh, said poor old Dim, smotting over Pete's shoulder and going too far like he always did. It says here what he'd done to her, and there's a picture and all. Why, he said, you're nothing but a, a filthy-minded old skype bird. An old man of your age, brother, I said, and I started to rip up the book I'd got, and the others did the same with the ones they had, Dim and Pete doing a tug-of-war with the rhombohedral system. The starry prof type began to creech. But those are not mine. Those are the property of the municipality. This is sheer wantonness and vandal work, or some such lovos. And he tried to sort of rest the books back off us, which was like pathetic. You deserve to be taught a lesson, brother, I said. That you do. This crystal book I had was very tough bound and hard to raz rest to bits, being real starry and made in days when things were made to last like but I managed to rip the pages up and chuck them in handfuls of like snowflakes, though big, all over this creature old Vec. And then the others did the same with hers, old Dim just dancing about like the clown he was. 
There you are, said Pete. There's the mackerel of the cornflake for you, you dirty reader of filth and nastiness. You naughty old vec, you, I said, and then we began to fill you about with him. Pete held his rookers, and George sort of hooked his rot wide open for him, and Dim yanked out his false zoobies, upper and lower. He threw these down on the pavement, and then I treated them to the old boot crush, though they were hard bastards, like being made of some new horror show plastic stuff. The old Vic began to make sort of chumbling shooms. Woof, woof, woof. So Georgie let go of holding his goobers apart and just let him have one in the toothless rot with his ringy fist. And that made the old Vic start moaning a lot then. Then out comes the blood, my brother's real beautiful. So all we did then was to pull his outer platties off, stripping him down to his vest and long underpants. Very starry. Dim smacked his head off near. And then Pete kicks him lovely in his pot and we let him go. He went sort of staggering off. Not having been too hard of a tall shot, really, going, oh, 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 not knowing where or what was what, really, and we had a snigger at him and then riffled through his pockets, dim dancing round with his crappy umbrella, meanwhile, but there wasn't much in them. There were a, a few starry letters, some of them dating right back to 1960, with my dearest, dearest in them, and all that chapuka, and a key ring, and a starry, leaky pen. Old Dim gave up his umbrella dance and, of course, had to start reading one of the letters out loud, like to show the empty street he could read. My darling one, he recited in this very high-type goloss, I shall be thinking of you while you are away and hope you will remember to wrap up warm when you go out at night. Then he let out a very shumnish smack, woo, 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 pretending to start wiping his yammer with it. All right, I said, let it go, my brothers. In the trousers of this starry vec, there was only a malenky bit of cutter, Money, that is. Not more than three gollies. So we gave all his messy little coin the scatter treatment, it being hen calm to the amount of pretty Polly we had on us already. Then we smashed the umbrella and raz-rezzed his platies and gave them to the blowing winds, my brothers, and then we'd finished with the starry teacher-type Vec. We hadn't done much, I know, but that was only like the start of the evening, and I make no happy Polly loggies to thee or thine for that. Uh, the knives in the Milk Plus were stabbing away nice show now. The next thing was to do the Sammy Act, which was one way to unload some of our cutter so we'd have more of an incentive like for some shop crusting, as well as it being a way of buying an alibi in advance. So we went into the Duke of New York on Amy's Avenue, and sure enough in the snug there were three or four old babuchkas peating their blackened suds on S.A. State aid, that is. Now, we were the very good Malchicks, smiling good even song to one and all, though these wrinkled old lighters started to get all shook, their venial rookers all trembling round their glasses and making the suds spill on the table. Leave us be, lads, said one of them, a face all mappy with being a thousand years old. We're only poor old women, but we just made with the zoobies, flash, 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 sat down, rang the bell and waited for the boy to come. When he came, all nervous and rubbing his rookers on his grassy apron, we ordered us four veterans, a veteran being rum and cherry brandy mixed, which was popular just then, some liking a dash of lime in it, with that being the Canadian variation. And then I said to the boy, give these poor old babuchkas over there a nourishing something, large Scotchman all round and something to take away. And I poured my pocket of deng all over the table, and the other three did likewise, oh my brothers. So double fire goals were brought in for the scared starry lighters, and they knew not what to do or say. One of them got out, thanks, lads, but you could see they thought there was something dirty-like coming. Anyway, they were each given a bottle of Yank General, cognac, that is, to take away, 
and I gave money for them to be delivered each a dozen of blackened sods that following morning, they to leave their stinking old Chinas addresses at the counter. Then with a cutter that was left over, we did purchase, my brothers, all the meat pies, pretzels, cheese snacks, crisps and choc bars in that mesto, and those two were for the old sharps. Then we said, back in a minute, and the old petitzas were still saying, thanks, lads, and God bless you, boys, and we were going out without one cent of cutter in our carmans. Makes you feel real dobby, that does, said Pete. You could vidy that poor old Dim the Dim didn't quite pony all that, but he said nothing for fear of being called Bloopy and a domeless wonder boy. Well, we went off now round the corner to Attley Avenue, and there was this sweets and cancers shop still open. We'd left them alone near three months now, and the old district had been very quiet on the whole, so the armed millicents or Ross patrols weren't round there much, being more north of the river these days. We put our maskies on, New jobs these were, real horror show. Wonderfully done, really. They were like faces of historical personalities. They gave you their names when you bought. And I had Disraeli, Pete had Elvis Presley, Georgie had Henry VIII, and poor old Dim had a poet vec called P.B. Shelley. They were uh, real like these guys, hair and all, and they were some very special plastic vests, so you could roll it up when you're done with it and hide it in your boot. Then three of us went in, Pete keeping Chasser without, not that there was anything to worry about out there. As soon as we launched on the shop, we went for Slouse, who ran it, a big port wine jelly of a vec, who vidded at once what was coming and made straight for the inside where the telephone was and perhaps his well-oiled pushka, complete with six dirty rounds. Dim was round that corner, scurry as a bird, sending packets of snouty flying and cracking over a big cutout, showing a sharp with all her zoobies going flash at the customers and her groodies near hanging out to advertise some new brand of cancers. What you could video then was a sort of a big ball rolling into the inside of the shop behind the curtain, this being old Dim and Slough sort of locked in a death struggle. Then you could slushy panting and snoring and kicking behind the curtain and vestures falling over and swearing and then glass going smash, smash, smash. Mother Slouse, the wife, was sort of froze behind the counter. We could tell she would screech murder given one chance, so I was round that counter very scurry and had a hold of her and a horror show big lump she was too, all nuking of scent and with flip-flop big bobbing groodies on her. I'd got my rook around her rot to stop her belting out death and destruction to the four winds of heaven. But this lady doggy gave me a large, foul, big bite on it, and it was me that did the creaching, and then she opened up beautiful with a flip yell for the Millicents. Well, then she had to be tall-chocked proper with one of the weights for the scales, and then a fair tap with a crowbar they had for opening cases, and that brought the red out like an old friend. So we had her down on the floor and a rip of her platys for fun and a gentle bit of a boot to stop her moaning. And vidding her lying there with her groodies on show, I wondered should I or not, but that was for later on in the evening. Then we cleaned the till, and there was Flip Potter Show takings that much, and we had a few packs of the very best top cancers apiece. Then off we went, my brothers. A real big, heavy, great bastard he was, Dim kept saying. I didn't like the look at Dim. He looked dirty and untidy, like a vet who'd been in a fight, which he had, of course, but you should never look as though you have been. His cravat was like someone had trampled on it. His mask had been pulled off, and he had floor dirt on his lit, so... So we got him in an alleyway and tidied him up a malenky bit, soaking our tashtooks in spit to cheese the dirt off. The things we did for old Dim. We were back in the Duke of New York, very scurry, and I reckon by my watch we hadn't been more than ten minutes away. The starry old babuchkas were still there on the blackened suds, and Scotchmen we'd bought them, and we said, 
Hello there, girlies. What's it going to be? They started on the very kind lads. God bless you, boys. And so we rang the collar call and brought a different waiter in this time. And we ordered beers with rum in it, being sore athirst, my brothers, and whatever the old ptitsas wanted. Then I said to the old babuchkas, We haven't been out of here, have we? Been here all the time, haven't we? They all caught on real scurry and said, That's right, lads. Not been out of our sight, you haven't. God bless you, boys. Drinking. Not that it mattered much, really. About half an hour went by before there was any sign of life among the Millicents, and then it was only two very young Rosies that came in, very pink under their big copper schlemmies. One said, You lot know anything about the happenings at Slouse's shop this night? Us? I said, innocent. Why, what happened? Stealing and roughing. Two hospitalizations. Where have you lot been this evening? I don't go for that nasty tone, I said. I don't care much for these nasty insinuations. A very suspicious nature all this betokeneth, my little brothers. They've been in here all night, lads. The old sharps started to creech out. God bless them, there's no better lot of boys living for kindness and generosity. Been here all the time, they have. Not seen them move, we haven't. We're only asking, said the other young Millicent. We got our job to do like anyone else. But they gave us the nasty warning look before they went out. As they were going out, we handed them a bit of lip music. <laughs> but myself, I couldn't help a bit of disappointment at things as they were those days. Nothing to fight against, really. Everything as easy as kiss my sharries. Still, the night was still very young. Thank you for listening. I'm Anna Maria Alessi, and this episode was edited by Sharon Matlin with production help from Jennifer Monroe. The books featured in this episode are available for purchase wherever books are sold. Please be sure to subscribe to Harper Audio Presents, and you can send us a question or comment via our Facebook page. We hope you'll join us next time as we hear more from leading figures across books, culture, and the arts, all brought to you by Harper Audio Presents. If you've liked what you've heard this week, please come back next week. Subscribe, like us on Facebook, send us a note. Thank you very much for listening.